It's official. Rooted, a gentleman's podcast, has a sponsor. Bedlam Vodka, located in Durham, North Carolina, made locally, sold nationally. It's an old Irish spirit, distilled from rice to banish the burn. Hashtag bring the bedlam. And here we go. So here we go with part two of the gun control series. Um, This time I'm going to do it a little bit different than I did with Chris last week. I'm just going to let the answers be what they are and... If I feel like I need to dispute any facts or anything, I'll come in at the end with something. But I think it's more important to hear what people have to say on this, and that way I'm not talking over them. Hope you enjoy. Here is part two of the gun control series titled Shooting Range. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the seller, and the vault. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause. I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby. I'm a boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw. I'm the safe, the seller, and the vault. I'm the best, the effect, and the cause. I'm the law. I'm the truth. We're here shooting range for two. Kim's dancing. She was shaking her head no. I really thought she was telling me no, and I stopped. <laughs> Don't do that <laughs> while I'm making eye contact with you and I'm we're recording. I'm the only one that can hear the music, apparently. I, yeah, I, I don't hear it I in my headphones it. over here. Anywho, because I'm not monitoring it, but I can. So last week, hopefully you all listened to the podcast with my friend Chris um, and sort of his answers on some of the common things about gun control and then sort of just some backstory on who he is, because I think it's important for people to understand that people of all different backgrounds have you know, varying opinions on this topic. Um, and with Kimbo here, she also is very opinionated, if anybody knows my wife. No, never. Very opinionated. <laughs> and so, Kim, we're just going to we're going to hop right in. OK, so you ready for this? Yeah. It's a little different than normal. You're going to have to talk more. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think that'll be a problem for you. Yeah. Probably be hard for me to shut up more than anything. Okay, so first question. Describe yourself. Like what do you do? Race, age, etc. Kinda give us a little background on you. A twenty nine year old black woman who was born and raised in the state of North Carolina. I lived in Burlington. I was raised in Burlington, North Carolina, which is a more rural city. Um, so I've been around hunting, and um, I remember telling you at one point, like, to hear guns in my neighborhood wasn't strange, not because people got shot, but because we were surrounded by woods. So okay, people just were where you hunting guys were, yeah. All the obviously, time. I've been to your mom's house and neighborhood, yeah. and it's you can see a clear sky at night, yep. and it's definitely very rural. You see um, animals. Best friends, dads had bulk heads and stuff hanging in there. Uh, and I, the fact Looked that like I a sportsman's them, lodge, basically. Um, so uh, living in Raleigh now, um, you don't get as much of that, but we still have like good friends and stuff that are good old boys with their Rocky boots and Carhartts. So um, I do lean more left politically. I would consider myself a progressive and uh, I kind of agree with the social democratic lifestyle and thought process when it comes to uh, social uh, social laws. 
like social policy and things yeah. like you, you're referring to kind of like gay marriage yeah. or things like that. Okay. Yeah. I would say that's that's fairly accurate. Um, you said you grew up in Burlington, kind of central North Carolina, and you've mm-hmm. never lived in any other state, correct? Never lived in any other state. And I love you the moved state. all the way from Burlington a whole hour, <laughs> like 60 miles up the road to Raleigh. Okay, And you were born where? I was born in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is 30 minutes. The other direction. West. Yeah. You get around, Kim. You get around the state. <laughs> I've, you know. This 8540 corridor, you. That's me. That's you. No. um, I mean, I've spent time in the mountains and I've spent time at the beach and just like any other North I know, Carolinian. I'm just giving you a hard time. Spent a lot of time. I'm a full-time photographer and curator for Rooted, a gentleman's blog. It's true. <laughs> and I uh, sell glasses on the side for fun. And cash, and cash prizes, and I puppy sit. So if you need a dog sitter, so that gives you a little bit of background. And for me, one other way I would kind of describe you as somebody who grew up more in the northern, like the Midwest part of the country, you are definitely southern. Like that's something I don't think you said, but to me, I consider you very southern Southern. girl. You love the culture, the food. Oh yeah the camaraderie of people from the south and like i would consider you not like oh, yeah. super southern it's not like you're you're wearing your car hearts like you said but you grew up around a lot of that yes. stuff the camaraderie of it all the southern hospitality the warmth that comes from being in the south and this is something that i think you and i talked about was in our high schools we both had tractor days yes so we had tractor day yeah. Um, All the way in the little old town of Mascouda, illinois where i come from and camouflage day Burlington. where people were camouflage Coats and do you, and what high school did you go to? Do you want to say that? If not, you don't have to. <laughs> I went to Western Alamance High School, class of 2007. <laughs> mm-hmm. I figured you'd, you'd southern it up for that. Okay, so thank you for the background. And I appreciate I'm that. definitely the type of person to get me around people with accents. My accent gets a lot stronger. Yeah, and so you lived in Burlington until, what, five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll until the age years. of 24, you grew up in Burlington, a town of 50,000, 60,000 some odd people. Um to kind of give everyone like it's a perspective. city it's, it's a small city yeah yep. exactly would be a very good way to describe that and so you you kind of answer this question a little bit you know what um how would you describe yourself politically you said you are more liberal more progressive and on social issues definitely more progressive but in terms of laws not necessarily pertaining to guns just yet but in terms of like criminal justice and things like that, you definitely lean more on the side of leniency, yeah. I would say. I would say Not to ov- answer for you. But. Yeah, I, I would say overall that my issues are with the amount of profit being made off of American people's troubles. People okay. being arrested. So kind of anti, not anti-corporation, but anti-abuse of power. Yeah, I don't think billionaires should be able to pay for political, uh, the their politicians to be in office. I think that the amount of people being arrested in America is scary when you when you think of other countries like China, where people arrested or incarcerated incarcerated okay. excuse me. Um, when Just want to clarify. You think of like China and North Korea, and you would assume that they would have a lot of their population in prison, but we have one of the highest if not the highest pr- prison You said population. China or India, right? Yeah, and, I, I, and not... The, well, I said North Korea. Oh, sorry. I thought um, I thought China and India, my head went there because they're the two most populous countries and we still have, have more, more prisoners people. in yep. them, which is interesting. Um, so when you hear stuff like that and people 
um, make excuses for it, it makes me uncomfortable. And sometimes I feel like as Americans, it doesn't hit us until it hits us in our front door. And yeah. then it's like, oh, well, I have an issue with it. But um, so I'm I would consider myself someone who is going to speak up for others because I would want others to speak up for me if I if I if the situation was on if I were in the situation that they're in. Yeah. And so in terms of the political party you associate yourself most most with, that would be I I know people you I consider myself unaffiliated. I don't You're trust... registered independent, correct? I'm, yes. And so the reason why I am in the state of North Carolina, you can decide which ticket you want to vote for when you're unregistered or when you're There's um, a unaffiliated. To it, yeah. Um, but and like also, so in the primaries, for example, you got to pick your ballot. I did. I had, to, I had mine um, chosen for me. I also don't trust the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, and I would rather be able to vote for the candidate, not the party. I'm an American first. That's a good way to put it. And and a good pause here. Kim and I have a couple beverages, and this is <laughs> the cheers. Every single time I cheers to anybody, I cheers. America to America because I love this country cornbread fed <laughs> shouts to Durham and I G. literally Amazon. am cornbread fed yeah right <laughs> um, so thank you for for that I would say um, the, the next question to me right now def, defines kind of where you stand politically more than the party you associate yourself with but did you vote in the last presidential election? Uh, of course I did. And I'm going to give you a chance to answer that a little bit fuller, as I did with Chris. Are you somebody that participates in every election? Fuck yes. Okay. So not just yes, but... Fuck yes. Okay. So that's a <laughs> that's an affirmative. You vote in every single election. And I, I can confirm that Kim and I, she's my ride or die pull in place buddy. And I love that about you. But... Um, you and I vote in every election we possibly can. Local city, ones, primary, council, city, counts, yeah, city county, anything. And I'm like two seconds. The mayoral runoff that's coming up here oh next God, I'm Tuesday. So, I'm so confused. We can talk about that later. But we, That's for a different, um, different podcast. I And I'm on. I'm two seconds from just signing up to volunteer at the polling places. Like that's run through my mind a couple of times. But I'm, I show up if there's a vote If you had more time, you'd, I would agree. I think you would definitely be there. You, you genuinely care about your country. Um, I can vouch for that. Yeah. And I, I'm proud I wouldn't to be say, married to you if you did not, because I, a lot of people may not know that about me. I consider myself a patriot. I love this country oh, yeah. more than almost um, anything. And I'm proud to say that not only do I vote in every election, but have since I've been able to legally. So that's not just a recent occurrence with all the craziness that's happened in politics. I've been like that since age 18. As soon as I could vote, I voted. I'm proud of you. Good for you. You're, you're good. Someone um, give me a cookie. Citi- you're a good it. citizen most of the time. <laughs> Winky face. So you said you voted in the last presidential election. Um, who'd you vote for? And you can, because I, I know this, but oh. who'd you vote for in the general? And who did you vote for in the primary? So I'm a Bernie girl through and through. I will, we canvassed for Bernie. Um, and I voted for Bernie Sanders in the primary. And I still wish I still harbor a little frustration with that, and I do wish he would have won the primaries, but he didn't. And I'm not a Bernie bro. I did go out and I voted for Hillary over Donald Trump. I was going to say this just because it rhymes. Would it be a Bernie ho? (laughs) (laughs) I'd be a ho for Bernie. I'm just joking. Come on now. (laughs) I'm 100% joking. (laughs) 
but I'm gonna take that wine away from you. No, I just started. Um, but I, if I had it my way, Bernie, we'd be talking about President Bernie, but we're not. So there's uh, that. you know, I, and what do I always say? I live in reality. So as much as that would be something I'd I'd be into, that's not what ha- it's President Trump, whether you like it or not. Hashtag not your president, but he still is your president. Um, I've never actually used the terminology "not my president." You've chanted it, and I don't chant that. That's one thing I refuse to chant when we are when we've gone to protest. But um, next question I have for you is: Would you consider yourself religious? No. And I think <laughs> is there anything I, obviously currently you do not. Um, Should I tell my background? I would say give a little bit of background because you. Well, I'll let you tell. I'm an educated uh, atheist, so I think a a good way to describe it, where I was raised, um, so I was raised non-denominational, and I actually um, went to a very aggressive church when we were little, and went to church school through uh, kindergarten, part of first grade, and then... um, Describe aggressive church, because that... Uh, that means like we did not get to watch certain things. If it, like if the cartoon had three fingers, that was like a Ninja Turtle. Oh, movie. so by by aggressive, you just mean like very um very strict. Very strict. Like yeah. very strict interpretation we, of what you could and couldn't. Yeah, do. my okay. mom tried to take Barbies from me, and that wasn't about to happen because they're sexualized. Okay, I was gonna ask that, and then I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna let you answer it. Um, You'll get there. We used to watch Commander Kelly and the Super Kids. <laughs> Which is, and a story. I was partial to the Kings or the Kings Kids Club and Patch the Pirate. Those I, were the things I remember I was those of. slightly. Um, one of the things that one of my favorite stories to tell was my mom used to make us watch periodically uh, A Thief in the Night. And that if you've never seen that, just go watch the first 10 minutes of it and ask why. If, a if you've seen live. The Leftovers, they use the theme song from that. Uh, well, they that song was on one of the opening credits yeah, from the exactly. season last year. They, they used that as an opening for the show The Leftovers yeah. on HBO. If you haven't watched it, it's a good show. Um, but just go and Google the, A Thief in the Night and watch the first five minutes, and you'll ask yourself, like, why did any parent ever let their... probably like, share that from Rooted. <laughs> well, gladly. Um, Please do. Their seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds watch that movie. It is anxiety-inducing, and I used to be thoroughly afraid that I was going to go to hell... And then we got out of the church and then got back into the church and went to a non-denominational church that um, I actually read the Bible on multiple occasions from one end to the other and got awards for that. And um, But the church was weird. Like, Hold up. You can read. <laughs> bitch. No. Um, Did you go to the Derek Zoolander Center for Kids Who Can't Read Good? <laughs> what is this? What is school, this for school for ads? <laughs> um, but... After a certain point, I started to question why, like, why is this the only way to be a good person? And um, when... And do we need crystals? Well, they did talk about crystals mm-hmm. and pro- like in their mind, prophesying was like using your third eye, which I thought was kind of cool for church to be able to have that conversation. But apparently because he, uh, the pastor got really, really far into he it after we left, people, away, right? people left and the church shut down. Well, and my, my question for you on that is... Do you think that some of the more far out there beliefs that your pastor or preacher or reverend, whatever he was called, espoused, um, turned you off from it a little bit? No, I thought that, so. Cool. That that's not what. What did turned it. me off was the preaching of love and then not accepting people who are different. And more specifically, Elaborate. my brother, who and I don't. I'm sorry if I'm 
telling more than I should, but he was in the church heavily, like five out of seven days a week. He was there doing something. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't go into too much detail. I'm not going to, but he, um, if you don't know, he's, my brother's gay and he's married to a man and that's whatever. But they were not very accepting of that. Kim's a little salty about it because he got married on her birthday. I mean, that's fucking rude. But anyway, Austin. <laughs> and basketball shorts. But. But anyway. Um, he, and they were we not very. We hate him, but just for the record, it's not because he's gay. That's <laughs> true. I love my brother, unfortunately. Speak for yourself. Um, but he. <laughs> He'll appreciate that. But um, they were not very accepting. And that shit pisses me off. Like, fuck you. My brother's fucking awesome, and he had your back through some really shitty times, and this is how you treated him. Um, and for real, your attendance is declining. You might want to keep the guy <laughs> who's really into this, just you know, from a business before, perspective, because I look at church as business, because it is, oh, regardless so, of what you say. So this is before the decline. But then I also have an issue with begging for money from people who don't have a lot, and then to see mega churches where there's millionaires walking around in these buildings and that money could be doing so much more in the fact that they don't fucking pay taxes. You, Joel Osteen. There's a lot. There's a, there's, I have several issues with religion. I don't have an issue with people practicing religion. I do. Ju- I can I have a tendency to judge a little bit if that, if your whole life is consumed by it and you're making decisions based off of it, or if you, something good happens in your life because you worked your ass off and you give, more credit to an uh, entity in that tip for to just kind of elaborate on what you're saying you don't care if that's any higher power even that's the universe yeah. anything you just feel you like people should give themselves a little bit more credit for the hard work they've put yeah in. because what happens on the other end is when something bad happens they don't take responsibility or they blame the devil <laughs> testing them and it's like no maybe you should stop dating the same kind of guy <laughs> or maybe you should get a better job i don't know fair point but um i'm 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 a realist when it comes to people and their problems which sometimes comes off very mean and harsh sometimes i was gonna say you are not the most sympathetic person to, i am but i'm not uh, you you i would say big picture you are a very sympathetic person i would say on a small scale one-on-one <laughs> as someone who experiences you your crying? sympathy and that's in quotations <laughs> you, um, you are not always the most uh, understanding on things. And but I'm working on it. Hey, I'm not saying you haven't gotten better on, on it. I, lo- I was raised by a Marine, so I didn't, I'm kind of used to some. That's par- <laughs> probably part of the reason I was attracted to you because it's a more of a no bullshit kind of thing. I'm like, a kick in the ass, not it, a hug kind of person. That's a very fair way to put it. <laughs> Get you your are, shit together. That's why your life's sucking. <laughs> and I might even go a step further. You're a kick in the teeth, <laughs> not a hug type of person. But I will but, hug you eventually. Yeah. <laughs> sure. At least I know that about myself. You are, I, I'll give you that. Self-awareness is a gift and you are very <laughs> self-aware on that. So I am a self, I am, I am an atheist. I don't really believe in anything and I'm happy to say that I don't know too, if that makes sense. Can you, you be an atheist and, and say I, you I don't I would say, know? yeah, you are more comfortable saying that not even necessarily that you don't think there could be, but just you don't know and you're comfortable not believing but I wanted you to give a chance to elaborate on the religious part a little bit more because I think that that kind of defines your viewpoint on life almost more than your political beliefs. Yeah, probably. 
I would say so. I would agree. I, I think they're close. I think they're close. Yeah. But I would say that both of them, you know, make up who you are, but the religious part of it and lack of, you know, belief in that definitely shades yeah. your belief and your worldview. Yeah. Um, which, this is a question I didn't ask Chris, but this just kind of came up when you were rambling on about how much you love reading the Bible. <laughs> and, you know, this is about guns. What do you think of when Obama said that they cling to their guns and religion? I don't know that I had a thought, <laughs> honestly. Um, you got a lot of shit for that. And I think in some ways, oh, I, th- I think okay, that was goes. not a politically smart move they it's did. Not, but why I also do don't think he was wrong. Dictate what our political systems are. That's frustrating to me. So it pisses me off that politicians pretend to be Christians because they think that they're going to get more votes. <laughs> but with that being said, let me I I honestly feel like the first person to run for president and say like I don't have a political or a, a, a religious system and that I really just believe in our country. I think that'll happen in our lifetime. Oh my because god. Because I think uh, the the demographics like, have shifted to where more people either are not attending church services regardless of religion or are saying they don't believe in a higher power. And I do think that the first admitted atheist or agnostic or something will run for a higher political office like he or she could tell me they shit in people's lawns but they're also running as like non-affiliated with any kind of religion and i'd be like here's two votes homie i'm sneaking in twice i'm just joking (laughs) i know they think that we do that but (laughs) i can't believe i just said that listen in chicago the motto used to be vote early vote often (laughs) it's the truth but it's and, I want to give a shout out to so, my aunt, but I don't want to call her out by Don't name. do that. So let me finish the, the second half of that. The second half of that is, as a Christian, why aren't you pissed off that they're pretending to be Christians? And so I'm going to I know that that's That's a, the block I live on on that, is that I personally, I, I don't have any issue with any religion. I think that if it's something you get some benefit out of in your life, you should by all means practice that same way if you are somebody who goes to the gym and you really find like you get a benefit from that good for you i'm I'm legitimately very Mm -hmm. happy for you but i'm a big fan of jesus and i've honestly given some thought here recently to like reading more of the red letter parts of the new testament Mm -hmm. like the stuff jesus actually said so i can have not that i don't know it but i'm not as familiar with it as i used to be because it's not something i read often and haven't in years but i find that i tend to agree with jesus a whole lot i tend to agree with christians a whole lot less and to me if you're it's in the fucking title you are a christian you are a follower of christ and i am a follower of christ on twitter and so (laughs) i like people to know that i really (laughs) i i believe in a lot of the stuff that jesus said and i think that people can get a benefit from that because all the overriding theme of what I recall, and I would like to go back and read this some more is he's somebody who looked out for people who had a hard time looking out for themselves. And I respect that. Well, and I'll say this. I do believe that Jesus was a real human being. He's in our history books. You learn about him. If you learn anything about world history, I don't know that I believe he's a real person. I know that's a controversial viewpoint. I mean, it's, it's I don't know that I believe that he actually history existed. and science says that he existed. He, the, the, all the mystery and stuff that goes along with him. Now that part, that's questionable. Fair but, enough. Um, 
I do believe that he was a human. I just don't know that he was a messiah. But I also know that faith was my biggest issue with religion. I'm just not somebody who has a lot of faith in anything. So that's fair. Yep. But on the, I, I really wanted you to kind of elaborate on the religion mm-hmm. thing. I'm g- glad I asked you that question. Um, <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> trying to get me in trouble. Shit. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I think that <laughs> I think it is important because you have a very different thought process on that than a lot of people, and there are people who think the exact same way as you that would not actually say that themselves. And I think it's important for them to hear it as well. Well, you know me, I can't keep my mouth shut. So <laughs> don't I know it. <laughs> I knew what I was getting into. Uh-huh. Happy anniversary. <laughs> that did just pass. But anyway, yeah. they don't care about so, that. <laughs> have you ever fired a gun? No, but I would like to. And I plan on it. Soon. So you you have fired guns. You've not fired a. So I've shot. So you fired like guns, a dart gun, an airsoft gun, nerf and guns. like nerf guns, and obviously not nearly the same. I think thing. I'm a pretty good shot with a nerf gun. <laughs> you're solid, but um, you're good at darts. Um, I say this to you all the time, mm-hmm. and to other people who've never shot a gun, it's hard to take your opinion on this. 100% not 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 take it seriously I've said that well, before and that may be a little harsh but I think it is hard to for you to have as educated an opinion on this as you typically do on most topics when you have not done it yourself it would be like that I'm against guns no I'm not saying that I am saying that because I think that it's the same way as if I was trying to have a conversation with somebody about how they should regulate like miles per gallon in a car and they're not someone who drives or has a real frame of reference that's that's my only point you're on saying that. But so i'm not saying your point's not valid and, not, but, and i'm not but i do have a somewhat educated opinion on it though oh agreed regardless like you've of researched shooting a gun it, and that's why i said you have researched it but until you've done it yourself it is it's a different thing and you and i have had that conversation and we've even talked about this I'd like to sit down with you again after you shoot a gun because you are not opposed to it in any way, shape, or form and haven't been well, for we years. We haven't gotten to that. Spoiler alert. What? <laughs> what you just said. I know. I don't think so. We're good. So you've never fired a gun. You don't have any experience doing that. And that's just no. not to But I've always, I've always wanted to. I'm nervous about the idea of doing it because um, I don't quite trust guns necessarily. Um, and when I say that, I mean... But Ken's, Kim, guns don't kill people. People kill people. People with guns kill people. People kill people. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I just want to... When I'm learning to shoot a gun, I just want to feel like I'm in a safe environment. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I would never, like, just go to someone's, like, yard and do it. Like, yeah, like, you'd want to go to a shooting it. range. Exactly. You'd want to go somewhere where it's a controlled, exactly. safe environment. And I think that that's how a lot of people Preferably feel. not around someone I've pissed off in the past. And cars don't kill people. Airbags break faces. <laughs> well, but let's not even go there. Okay, so now into the meat and potatoes of this. Mm, I love meat and potatoes. You would. Is there anything you would like to see done differently with guns? In the way, like just in general. Okay. And, and by that, let me elaborate slightly on the question because... I mean, culturally, legally, like in All this country, above. yeah, in this country, we we are we have an I don't even call it an issue. We just our relationship with firearms is very different than most other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. I 
okay, so culturally speaking, I don't really care about how people love their guns. I think that that's a part of American culture. And if that were to never change, I would be okay with that. I don't have an issue with that. Um, My issue is with the regulation of guns. And I don't mean the banning of. um, I mean more so the way that we track guns is it's not efficient. It's um, inefficient. (laughs) That's the word I was looking for there. Um, And when I say that, I mean each individual state has their own tracking. Okay. That filters into a federal system and it's filtered into where some states, some information comes over, other states, other information comes over. And when guns cross state lines, a lot of times that information is lost. So in my mind, and science backs me on this, if we had a countrywide system that each state all used all the same systems. You mean like a registry? Um, yeah, but I mean, we, there's gun okay, registries. Making clarifying here, but now, I mean like, but a federal registry. Yes, okay. if all states had the same system and that system efficiently went into a federal system, where if in North Carolina a gun is purchased, that gun goes missing, and in South Carolina commits a crime, the people in North Carolina are held accountable. For the gun going missing. The the people of North Carolina, like the whole no, state? the people who owned the gun originally in okay. North Carolina. Um, and also, we would know who the last purchaser was. I can't buy a car in Virginia and bring it to North Carolina without having to change its registration, its tags, pay the correct taxes on it and everything. Why on earth... But would, cars are slightly different. And the only reason I'm saying this is because obviously they're good for a period of time, right? And so, yes. So you but, wait till it expires or whatever on that. Exactly. You And ju- this is just for clarification's sake. Um, you're saying that like if I am, say, a gun owner in Virginia and I have a license or a permit to carry that weapon and I come to North Carolina, I should, once I, you know, get settled, register it in North Carolina. And I should have to. That and if you sell your gun to someone in North Carolina, that we should be able to track every step that gun has made. And that way, if a crime is committed with it, with that gun, we know exactly who was the last owner of that gun. And that person should also be held accountable along with whoever committed that crime. Okay. And so the reason why I feel this way specifically is because bad people buy guns, those Guns go missing, and they sell them on the black market, and then those guns on the black market are the ones that can easily commit crimes, and no one has any... A lot of the times, you know, to Chris's point on the last one, a lot of the same guns are used in multiple murders because they're passed around. Passed around. So, but if that person who originally... But crimes, not murders, necessarily. Yeah. Um, Now, the issue is, is the person who originally purchased the gun isn't held accountable. They just go, I don't know where it went. It got stolen. And then all of a sudden, we can just do this process all over again. So my my question for you on that would be, you said you want the person who was the last legal owner of the gun or the person who had it to also be held accountable, right? Mm -hmm. And face charges. Let's say you own a gun, right? Mm -hmm. And it's stolen. 
I end up with it in my possession yes. and murder somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. Are you charged with the same crime I'm charged with? So if you come in and you steal my gun and you commit a crime with it, I believe if you've reported it stolen, then that's a different scenario. Agreed. What you have is people not reporting guns stolen because honestly they're just getting rid of them and making money off of it. Crimes are being committed and then the police show up at their door and they're able to just say, well, it's gone. Someone stole it. And then they're and, let and off obviously they can't charge them with something if they can't prove that it wasn't stolen. Like, because if you didn't commit a crime, you shouldn't be charged. Like, that's not what you're saying, right? No. But if like they can, they have evidence to say, "Hey, you actually sold it to John Doe on this day. We have evidence. He admitted it. Blah blah blah." Then, and I'm just spitballing here. Say I committed a murder with it, would you be charged with murder as well, or as an accessory to murder, or manslaughter, or I know you haven't like, I, thought this much. I don't much know in what you weeds. would be charged with, honestly. But I do. But feel you just like think they should be held accountable in some. You like you're saying, up, you don't know the full answer. Exactly. Okay. You would end up with more of a paper trail if people had that threat of. Like you're, I you're can saying, get in trouble I, because I sold this on a black market and this. Like gun. you're you're saying basically that you think people would do their due diligence on these sales a little bit more if they knew there be their feet were going to be held to the fire. A little exactly. Bit more. Fair enough. Um, and then if we had, like I turned a car in and it was a pain in the ass to like get it off my insurance and let the state know and to get them to talk to each other and then had to go sign something, actually go talk to a human, which is terrible. So like agreed, you have to, it's the same or a similar process in terms of like, you have to go do some legwork. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, if you want to have 25 guns and because you collect guns, that's fine. But I also feel like a and, – and this isn't taking away from people who have a lot of guns because I feel like true gun lovers who collect guns, who consider themselves uh, – consider themselves like gun fanatics in, the, in a good way – would report a gun that's gone missing. Like a fanatic just is somebody who's really into, into it, not them. as like a lunatic. No, I'm not saying a lunatic. Like I'm talking about somebody who just really loves guns. They collect like old guns that don't even operate yeah, anymore. Yeah, like it's a hobby. Exactly. Yeah. If those are the kind of people, in my mind, they do report guns. They would report, they would be pissed that someone stole a $2,500 gun. My issue is people who buy guns, they go to gun shows, they buy guns, and then they go and sell them to people who are on the streets, and those people are committing crimes with guns. If you force those people to be held accountable, I think you'd see a lot of less of this craziness. Now, I'm not saying this is going to stop mass shootings or anything like that. Mass shootings are a whole other story for me. I really think that when it's, it's frustrating and upsetting to me that every time there's a mass shooting – gun companies are the ones who benefit profit from it it's they it it almost is great sales go up and it's been a bad year for them because people because of who is in power people feel comfortable and they typically the people obama was the best thing that ever happened to gun sales legitimately fox news and gun companies right now with donald trump as president as much as they say they hated obama obama was a there's not a big threat. scary guy in the white house to people who thought he was coming for their guns although yeah. there was never any evidence he actually did and gun sales hit record highs several years under obama and there after the las vegas shooting there was i wish i you know me and numbers i don't do well with them but 
it had been a low in the gun purchasing community. There's people weren't buying guns. People felt comfortable. Well, they they also didn't feel like um, to kind of give voice to some people in the gun community that they didn't feel like they couldn't get them. They didn't feel a sense of urgency. So under Obama, a lot of people I think felt a lar- a great sense of urgency yeah. that they had to um, get what they could while they could. Yeah. And now I think that to your point, they feel like they have a friend in the White House and somebody who's not going to come after their exactly. stuff. Exactly. Um, which is another thing that like we talked about religion and people using religion to win political uh, elections. Office, yeah. Like since i think it's been like 30 or something years people have been using the their com- like the this group of people is going to come and take your guns as a political tool it was a ploy yeah. i've never seen someone like knocking someone knocking on anyone's door to come take their guns from them well, Chris and so you I think it would it. stop that would have stopped by now well, but chris I guess- and i discussed like you know the um the ban in 1996 with clinton on assault rifles mm-hmm. and that was a bipartisan thing. And so a lot of the stuff that actually did come through was bipartisan yeah. and came after large events and big shootings and things that scared people yeah. <clears throat> to the other extreme of it, you know? Um, I think it's it's interesting, though, because you're, you're mentioning all these small things that you think could make it better. I think it's important to get on the record that you don't think any one thing can fix what's Absolutely going. not. Okay. Like, it, think, it, like you would say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that it is a multifaceted, multi-pronged approach that will completely. need to happen. Okay. Um, I would also, so the other thing I find frustrating about it all is the whole idea of the right to bear arms. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's actually a, there's a big argument on both sides when it comes to the right to bear arms argument because the NRA didn't start using that until it was I want to say the 70s it was, it was like I think early 70s when they saw it was politically expedient because yeah. they were actually for gun control as a sporting exactly. like hunting club um, kind of thing. so as a militia is a part of that and they're saying well, they say a well-regulated militia so there's an argument of when the idea of training people to be a part of our American army or military in general. Um, was that what the second amendment was talking about? Personally, I don't really give a shit, but I think I it's an interesting I will say I do argument. not think they meant part of the United States armed forces. And the reason I don't feel that way is because it was written in the shadow of tyranny, Yes, you know? And so my interpretation of that, and I think most people's is that, they wanted you to be able to protect yourself from a tyrannical government, whether that be ours or a foreign yeah. one. The issue with that, though, is there are um, pre-written, or not pre-written, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, when you write before you have your finished product. Oh, like rough drafts. There are rough yeah. drafts, yes, exactly. Of, of the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment, specifically. Just, uh, of the Bill of Rights in general, probably. Yes, but there's parts of the second amendment amendment that are rough drafts that completely contradict that. And so the question is, is like, what did they actually mean by that? And I personally don't care enough to argue that, but I do care that people say that I'm keeping my guns because of tyranny, like the, the threat of tyranny, but then also still applaud 
situations that create a police state. To my thinking on it is, I don't care if you have a hundred guns. If a drone comes and takes you out, you're still fucked. So, well, and, like and, to me, if your idea of hanging on to weaponry and firearms is because you're going to protect yourself from the government trying to take over. I get that you might be able to slow them down a little bit, but they have weaponry that you just can't compete and with. Well, always. And, um, and probably should. But I just don't, like the hypocrisy in saying, like, I'm keeping all my guns, but then applauding um, some of the craziness that you've seen. Like, I feel like so, the, if we well, were back 30 years or 40 years at this point, they would have applauded the Kent State shootings. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that, but I, I understand your your overall point, and let, or I think I understand it. Let me try and clarify or put it out there the way I think you're saying it is a lot of the same people who want to hang on to their guns and have the mentality of you're going to pry them from my cold, dead hands and wear shirts saying that and all that stuff are the same people who support the police having militarized police forces, which is actually... That is literally a police state <laughs> kind of thing. And so that's, so in my mind, what so you actually mean. So that is what you mean, should be afraid of. And if you really feel that way, you should be opposed to the police state, but also for your guns. You're kind of supporting in my contradictory world, ideas is what you're trying to say? Yes. In my perfect okay. world, if those people really felt that way, they would be front and center with people who are marching to protect other people's rights. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the gun debate to me has just been politicized and to where people, and that that's the reason why I wanted to do this is because I think people pick their side based on the team they most align with and team being in quotations of mm-hmm. Democrat, Republican, red versus blue bullshit. Yes, um, I find it all really frustrating because I don't think the argument is really about the actual object. I think it's an argument of ideals. And I think that what you are afraid of, you're not afraid of tyranny from your own country because you think that, and I say you, I mean as a bubble, and I don't think all people who love their guns feel this way. Let me clarify. But, but you think there's a segment there of that is population. A, and I'm, I hope they're not a large segment. I can't say, but I hope they're not. But... When you say there's a group of people who don't see me as a patriot because I never served in the military and I'm not white and whatever else they think a patriot is. Um, and, and they I, think I would of, like to say I think that term is way too narrowly defined. Yes. Jesus, we can have that conversation. That's a whole other conversation. But um, when you th- when they think of tyranny, they feel an attack on them from a, a, the other side, not an attack on them from their own government. Because right now, there's a group of people who feel comfortable with the situation that we are in as a country. And if Donald Trump knocked on their door personally with a firearm pointed at them, they wouldn't feel threatened. But Obama just being president, they feel threatened. And I hope that I'm getting that point across properly. I think I understand your point that ultimately if he actually came in and stormed your house and took your shit, you wouldn't realize it till it's too late. But you were sitting there looking at 
the other guy who really wasn't doing any of that thinking that he was the one coming for your stuff. Yes. Okay. And I would also like to clarify, I do not think that Barack Obama was <laughs> perfect by any means, and he's done some really shitty things that I'm not happy about. Drone strikes. <laughs> but anyway, um, but I, I will say that for me, terminology is used when it's convenient. And I'd rather, again, this comes back to me just being like, if we're going to be honest about it, let's be fucking honest about it. Okay. And if you're going to say let's that I have my guns, then. if you're, I, I have my guns because I'm afraid of my government coming after me, then you should feel that way all the time, not depending on which party's in power. It shouldn't be something that changes with the wind or who's in control. Exactly. I could agree with that. I see your point there. Um, kind of a little bit more in-depth question on the, you know, what would you like to see done differently? A lot of countries have limited, you know, uh, magazine rounds, capacity, things yeah. like that. Is that something you want to see them explore? Or I know you're not super in the weeds on guns, types of guns, things like that, but are you somebody who thinks that they should outlaw certain types of guns or should, do you think Jim Schmo should be able to go buy a fucking tank and an RPG and whatever the hell else he wants to get? I, mean, I definitely don't think that all types of, um, excuse me, guns and artillery should be available to all types of people. I think you need to be, have, and, um, I did listen to Chris's podcast, uh, podcast and I agree with him. I feel like there has to be some sort of special, regulation for people to have certain types of weapon weaponry um i think that if so this is kind of weird his point was that they there already is a lot of that stuff in place with the federal background checks and things like that. i i agree with all of that like there's just no reason in my mind a hunter needs to be able to blow up a deer at that point you can't even eat it so (laughs) don't get that but and I, and I don't want to unfairly throw stuff on hunters, and I don't think he feels no. way. Either. I think most of them are using properly calibrated weaponry yeah. for what they're doing. They're using bows. They're using rifles. There, it seems to be an excuse for everything that can be um, more regulated and, and or banned. Like the idea that a silencer will help a um, hunter shoot a deer quietly. But silencers don't actually make guns silenced. As far as from what I understand from people who actually know guns, silencers don't work the way that we think they do in movies, right? They're like a suppressor. But um, I think that it seems smarter to take certain things and either ban them, not guns themselves, but certain parts that are certain accessories. Because what good does it do for any just normal, like Joe Schmo? To be able to shoot 50 of anything at one time. Um, I could see there being a compromise somewhere where like you have to go to a gun range and you have to sign your name on the dotted line and you can use it in this particular space. If, just, if people just want to be just able to do it. This idea. What if you are able to buy these high capacity rounds and weapons that can use them? But you have to keep them, like at the range where you're gonna use them. Yeah. So and I and so I I feel. I'm like, not saying that's a solution. No. Kind of. But what I'm saying there there are compromises, but people hold so tight to their one side 
that we can't ever have the conversation. We can't have the basic, simple conversation of like, well, what about this? Um, And I think this goes back to what I was originally talking about. There are corporations involved with our lawmaking that we can't get like we can't actually the get to the actual debate or the conversation because they there's money and there's money they to be gaslight made. and inflame both exactly. sides exactly fair enough um my overall thought process on it is no why do you need an automatic weapon if you're not shooting in a war why do you need an automatic weapon you live in <laughs> like you live in New York City why do you need an automatic weapon I think they're illegal in New York City. They are, but, but I'm just you're saying, saying like if, if let's people, say you live in Birmingham, Alabama, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there's just there's no. I, there's I'm not, saying of a city in the or New Orleans or whatever. There's not an excuse in my mind that would clear like that would be make me go okay. Oh, that makes sense. Totally need one. <laughs> yeah. Um. I just wish. I don't know. It's sad and it's scary to me. I'm never going to be the person to say I'm not going to go to a concert or I'm not going to go to a public event um, because there's a chance. And we've been in a situation like we went to the Women's March and it was weird to see people, people on the rooftops of buildings and they were just up there with their cell phones and they're recording everyone, how many people are out there. But I'm sitting there thinking there's no, there's no one to stop someone from starting to shoot people from a rooftop. There were no security guards. That at I the saw. Women's March? Not not on the rooftops. That's what those people were in a lot no, of cases. There are people so in like there, I, I have to push back on that. There were a lot of police and military personnel at both the inauguration and mm-hmm. that. The um, a lot of the people on the roofs were not only the people who are out there recording videos for their Instagram and Snapchat and things of that nature. There were actual armed people up there and a lot of the times you can't see them. And I can say that we've been to D.C. a lot together, right? Mm-hmm. They're there a lot of the times. And especially if there's an I know, open And I know event. that they have plain clothes. Like, I'm, that's, I'm not, you know, blind to that fact. But And the, the amount of surveillance in that city is it's, crazy. Yeah. But it, it doesn't change the fact that it's unnerving to be 600,000 people deep and to see people standing on a roof. Yeah. And um, what, like, there's nowhere to go. Now, and this this kind of a side note. When you and I went to Mexico and you saw armed <laughs> guards at the airport and at ports. With AK-47s. Yeah. I, what, I, I, I remember your reaction, but. I'll tell you, you. Your jaw dropped a little, I think. It was uncomfortable to be that close to a weapon that large being held by someone that I didn't know. And. That just anything. What if like somebody just pulled out something that looked like some like something threatening? Like I don't want to be in crossfire. Like screw that noise. Or if they thought that like I was doing something like that kind of stuff. That gives me more anxiety. <laughs> no, and I, and I know, and that's why I asked you that because I think it's I think it speaks to some of that is I think your own level of discomfort being around guns because you are afraid of them. I think you have a fear of them I, more than I a don't respect. think that's fair. I have a fear of people that I don't know having them. I don't no, that, like that, going into a restaurant and seeing someone. Lord y'all we went. Oh God, I can't remember where we went, but I had to run into Walmart and I don't shop at Walmart for multiple reasons. And I got in line and here's this old man with his gun on his hip 
and I'm sitting here thinking this is the good guy with the gun and this guy gets to decide if I'm a bad person or not. I think uh, I won't you, you have your point there, but I think that a lot of people just feel more comfortable having him. And you don't know that guy wasn't a retired cop or military he or been. anything like that. He could have been, but he also doesn't know if I'm a good person or a bad person and he gets to decide that. Yeah. Well, you're, you're entitled just, to that opinion. I'll say that. I am entitled to it. And it's happened before. And we've seen it happen multiple times where people were just walking, minding their own business, standing in line at a subway. At subway. And they get a gun pulled on them. Yeah. Um, another question for you on that oh, then. Because you sort of brought this up. The people carrying guns into different places. Where do you think the line is on that? Mm. Like, to me, personally, I don't really want them in, like, banks, obviously. I don't, I don't think, think they should be in bars, places where colleges, there's going to be alcohol. Playgrounds. Anywhere where you can be mentally impaired. I, um, something hit home with me. Um, there was a time where white men were allowed to police people of color, regardless if they were actual police. There was a time where people had to walk around with proof that they were uh, allowed to be out. And this, I'm, I'm obviously talking about a different you know, time freed, period in American history. slaves and things, yeah. But I think that there's still some of that in the air. And I feel like for some reason, some white men, and I hate to bring race into it, but let's be honest, if you think about a black man walking around with a gun versus a white man, they definitely, they would get treated different. And not walking around with a gun, walking around where it's very blatant. obvious yes. and blatant that you have a gun. Um, and I think that for some reason, some people feel like it's their duty. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like thinking, because there are, and I know this for a fact because it's been said to me before, there are people who think of me as a lesser human because of the color of my skin and knowing that I have two older brothers but and we're not even like most people assume that we're mixed or whatever um or but even like you've been thought of like as Hispanic at yeah. different points but too. at this point it's almost a, it's a it's kind of a fear to be racially ambiguous people don't know what I am so like you've said multiple times you wish people would just kind of understand that you're your just common American I'm, black person. And I, well, no. not even that. I consider myself more American than a lot of people. Like, this country was built on the backs of my ancestors. Like, my, like our, my bloodline runs through the soil of America. But to know that my brother could be somewhere doing something minding his own business and someone decide they don't like what he's doing because they feel like it's their job to police. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that feeling. And that there are people who walk around feeling completely and utterly safe because they feel like they're different and they're better and that they don't have to worry about that. Um, I, there is a conversation that needs to be had in this country. And I think that people are afraid to have it because that would be an omission of guilt, even though, they personally didn't do anything. Okay. So to 
kind of wrap up your point on guns ultimately it's to me it sounds like you're kind of saying i don't have all the answers on this i do think they should do things a little bit differently and maybe monitor the sales and tracking of these weapons and people maybe don't need as large a magazines and could if they want those they can have them we're not saying you can't have them but they're for sport or they're for like shooting at the range yeah and in terms of um, the gun control issue of it, it doesn't really sound like you want a lot of the laws to change drastically. It sounds like you want tweaks kind of here and there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you kind of want some tweaks on a couple of things to make them more effective. I want our systems to operate properly. Okay. And now... You mentioned how much you love America and how it was built on your ancestors' back. And I'm not saying that to be flippant or funny or anything. That kind of brings us into the next question because I think this is another kind of hot-button issue right now. And, um, but what are your feelings surrounding you know, the NFL anthem protests, boycotts? And with Chris, I like to ask him that because I know he has an opinion on it. But at the same time, I also know he's not a sports fan. And I made a point to, have, to mention that and have him mention that. That like I wouldn't I wouldn't be watching it either way kind yeah. of thing and like for you oh, you're going to watch it either way I know that unfortunately of that's the one thing I haven't been able to you're a sports fan you're a fantasy football <laughs> cannot player cannot boycott NFL no um, what would be your limit have you boycotted Papa John's yes actually not on purpose we just found better pizza hashtag better Papa pizza. Murphy's better Papa Murphy's better Papa <laughs> better pizza better anyway, Papa better pizza better or better ingredients better pizza like Motherfucker, when were you using better ingredients? Just <laughs> hashtag, you don't use enough sauce and your cheese is whack, son. So and I don't even use that word. It irritates me that Trump is so good at distracting. It is my God-given right to protest. And I don't believe in God. <laughs> But when it comes to the NFL players and their protest, they're American citizens and they are allowed to do that. Um, there's nothing written in the NFL bylaws that says that they can't. Um, they are protesting the mistreatment of people of color. And it, when that message gets lost, that's when it, I get irritated and frustrated. When it gets used to make money, <laughs> NFL owners, that's frustrating. Or my viewpoint on that is that I I didn't I've educated myself on this within the last month a lot because I honestly thought the anthem and people coming out and putting their hand over their heart, pledging or putting their head down, Mm -hmm. being silent. And, you know, I take that very seriously and I get irritated if people talk during the anthem Mm -hmm. at sporting events, things like that. Um, I thought it was something that had just happen for you and you and I talked about it. I said they've done that forever and then I found out it was like two it was in the 2000s yeah, that recently. they did it and it was a yeah piece of recruitment for the U.S. military the thing that's irritating to me is if we all just shut the hell up and said why are they doing it and then address the actual issue they'd stop doing it well, my, my other issue with it or kind of thoughts on it are that if the NFL teams and owners were such patriots, they would not accept the money. Yes. They would actually 
do what they want to do because they love their country and they're patriots and they want to show their respect for the military and whatever else they want to say. I think when people of color are thought of as Americans, thought of as patriots, thought of as first-class citizens, we'll see a lot of this issue go away. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Um, in terms of the boycotts, there are obviously boycotts on both sides, which to me is kind of interesting because yeah. you have people who are boycotting the NFL because of Kaepernick not being in the NFL and being bringing America together, blackballed <laughs> in a lot of people's opinion. Mine too. Yes. Um, but then you have the boycotts on the other side because they think they're being disrespectful. Do you think that this will last or do you think you've written an article before about how you think the NFL is kind of trending downward and it's do funny you think, i didn't I, think this, I, this was gonna play into it the thing that was gonna do it in i um i think it's a death by a thousand cuts and i yeah. think this is a big cut but i think there are a lot of issues they're facing domestic violence concussions and now major injuries pay disparity i mean major injuries have always been a part of it i think that this i agree with you i think that this will be a part of why the nfl will not be america's sport in 10 years or so i'll give them i'll give them 15 years I don't think it'll be that long. I really don't. Because um, it, it's something that happens slowly and then all at once. That's how change occurs. Yeah. Um, I think you said it great. Like, it's definitely a part of, I think this is a big paper cut. Um, this is like a cardboard cut with a I, knife. I've always said that I this think is America is going through growing pains. It's we're hitting puberty right now. We're a baby country and I think that we're going to be better for the or better overall because we're going through all this and I'm happy we're going through it. I'm happy we're having the conversations. Um it just sucks and it hurts right now. It hurts emotionally, it hurts physically. Uh and it feels like there's a collective stress over the country for it, a lot it of It really people. is. And yeah. people not feeling like they're being listened to. But I'm always about having a productive conversation. And on that note, what did you just say? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Right, so that that pretty much wraps it up. That's um, those are the questions I had for you. Do you have um any kind of parting shots that you want to throw in, or anything else you want to add that you feel like you did not get to say during this? No, I had a thought process that went away, so I don't think it was that important. So <laughs> must not have been. Um, Kim, I thank you for coming all the way into our dining room to have this conversation oh, all the way from trip. our couch to our dining room so we could record this. Oh, I didn't both, even finish. I must have talked a lot. We both worked today. You didn't even drink anything. You were very um, talkative, and I appreciate that. So thank you very much for coming on, and um, I look forward to kind of hearing what other people have to say on this. This is this is a learning process for me, and I really... Uh, you know, I'm only into part two, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far. So thank you very much. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for caring to know what I have to say. It means a lot. And I hope the other people hear me and just actually listen, you know, like and actively listen. As somebody who, you know, did both of these, you and Chris are saying a lot of different things, but you're also saying a lot of the same things. And that is the point that I want people to understand that these conversations are not as hard to start as you may think. And knowing Chris as long as I have. I've known Chris longer than I've known you. Yeah. And you guys are very different people. Oh, yeah. But I think you would agree on a lot of these things. But that's all I've got. Uh, hope you all enjoyed. And that's it.
Bye. Bye. I'm the best the effect and the cause I'm the law. It's the North Cat, baby, I'm a ball. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw on the safe, the cellar in the vault. I'm the best the effect and the cause I'm the law. New South Staple, baby, collar green music. Old South Vader ain't no Paladin music. Keep my collar green when the drama seems foolish. Pop a couple drama mean, I'ma keep it moving. Gone. Took another red eye back home. Shindig with my dead, I relax the backbone. Got the sweet tea sleeping and my team keep eating. Pig picking all the rabbits, but deep, deep, deepin'. Hog tied, hit a beat, going to a swan dive. Teach you how to float like a lotus to a bonsai. Flow across the motor, that's my motor's up around. I sting like a queen that just showed up on the pawn side. Like a cipher, up circles a chainsaw Out of town, it's serious to say that we can't talk Offer my apologies, said with a slight drawl And I'm using my apostrophes, homie, we ain't y'all It's the North Cack, baby, I'm a boss Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw I'm the safe, the cellar and the vault I'm the best, the effect and the cause, I'm the law It's the North Cack, baby, I'm a boss Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw I'm the safe, the cellar and the vault I'm the best, the effect and the cause, I'm the law It's the North Cack, baby, I'm a boss, 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 boss. Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw, 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 slaw. It's the North Cack, baby, I'm a boss, 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 boss. I'm the best, the effect and the cause, I'm the law, law.